Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast, episode 54. My name is Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. And... I'm Alex. Of course. I'm Alex. And, uh... <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Alex. I'm Alex. I'm Alex. Gary! Oh, okay, there's actually only, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, only three people on this podcast. <laughs> and it is February 13th. Um, we're back, and uh, we, we got a really slow news week this time around. So I want to ask you guys a question that we don't ever have time to ask, typically when there's more articles. What are you, what are you playing right now? Alex, you go ahead. Uh, Okay, sure. Uh, well, the last for the last like month and a half, I've been on a real Valve kick. Um, going back and like uh, playing Half Life, I played through uh, episodes one and two for the first time. Um, really enjoying that, and so I decided to for the first time. Seriously, I played through most of episode two. I f- I tried to play through episode two like three times, but whenever I would get to the uh, one of the like final battles with the Striders, it's so bullshit hard. I would always stop around there. <laughs> But okay. I finally beat the Striders, and I decided I'm going to play episodes one and two, which are, you know, they're fine. Um, but I also decided that I was going to play Portal. That was the most recently. The, the thing I did the most recent, I replayed Portal 1 and Portal 2. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a couple of people talking about this forever ago, where people were like, I just couldn't get into Portal 2. Or like, I don't like Portal 2 as much as Portal 1. And I never understood that. But after replaying Portal 2, I think I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. Like, you two have both played those games, right? I've played Portal 2. Oh, Not okay. one? Yeah. Oh, Portal 1's really good. Out. Yeah. But you should go back. It's like, it's like, it's very uh, short. Two hours long, maybe. Not oh. even. It's, it's, mm-hmm. su- it's super short. And it'll make oh, Portal okay. 2 make a lot more sense. But, okay. Uh, but that, that, and that's part of it, right? It's short and it's like sweet and to the point. And a lot of people are like, it's a perfect game. And I would agree with that. Portal 2 is longer. So there's, like, more room for error. And it's also, like, a little different tonally. Actually, Janelle, you, you brought this up a while ago. The diff- I don't know if you talked about this on the podcast, but the difference between, like, Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 is Diablo mm-hmm. 2 is a very distinct, like, tone and feel to it. Yeah. And Diablo 3 kind of, like, takes that kind of at face value and goes a weird direction with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Portal 2 also does that, where it's, like, mostly weird and dark, but a little comedic. And kind of just turns it into like a cartoon funhouse in the sequel, which I think is fine. I really like that. Noah Caldwell Gervais said something really interesting in his video about uh, Half Life and all the the Source Engine Valve games, and it's that the structure of Portal is set up puzzle punchline, and that always and that still follows through in the second game. And there are some really really good bits in that second game, like even even when the puzzles are like muscle memory to me by now because I've replayed that game like probably three or four times throughout my entire life like there were jokes that i would forget and laugh at again so i i get why people don't like that game but i still think it's it's amazing and probably i think i said that both of those games were my favorite games of those year or of those years like 2009 2009 and 2011 so i think those are both excellent games that you should play listener if you get the chance yeah you should they're not very expensive i think on, on steam they're like 10 bucks each yeah, and, so. like, they're often on sale for even less than that, I Oh, think. yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Portal 2 a whole lot. I, I liked it better than Portal 1 when I played it. I don't think that it... Mm, 
holds up is the wrong word. It's it's there's like more Portal Two, so there's more potential points of failure. Exactly. There's, more, there's more things that can go wrong, but um, it's really well done. Uh, for for what it is. Yeah. I'm I'm still surprised that you hadn't played Episode One and Two, but hey, I'm glad you finally did. Maybe yeah, someday yeah. you can play Alex since you have the rig for it. Well, kinda, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 not it's not a great rig. It's it's a little outdated, but it, it could work maybe if I decide to set it up. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Nil? Um, this has been one of my busiest terms, and I'm on my computer a lot since I work from home now, and like my other side work is all online. So I've unfortunately mostly just been playing pretty basic games, like lifestyle games, like um. Animal Crossing. I've been getting really into that again. That counts. And The Sims. <laughs> just oh, like yeah. as something to do while I'm like listening to lectures. But like by the time I'm done with my work day or with classes, I just do not want to look at my computer anymore, unfortunately. So I'm I've been looking forward to playing games again when this term's over. And um namely I'm really excited to get Persona 5 Strikers mm-hmm. and okay. play that played uh diablo 2 with us and yeah that like i'm still playing games with you guys sometimes Mm -hmm. diablo 2 um these boys are playing it for the first time which is very exciting for me (laughs) but yeah nothing too exciting in that category for me i I totally get where you're coming from though because the the good screen at at home versus bad screen at work is now the same screen yep (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's hard for the brain um and i totally get that Totally. Um, I think I want to get, I don't know if they work or if they're just bullshit, but those like blue light glasses, Oh, maybe, maybe those will help. <laughs> Literally, what I would do, like this was several years ago now, I would get just a blue like flashlight screen app for my phone and just stare at it in the morning. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much of that was just a placebo, but like it definitely well, felt like, like you're like, yeah, you're like recharging your eyes <laughs> for the day. Yeah. Yeah, because we live in a, in a nightmare society. So I actually had a reverse moment today where I think I've been looking at a screen enough that my eyes have adapted to it. Because what, what happened with me is this morning I woke up and I was looking at my phone and I was totally fine. Later in the day, um, I was looking at newsprint, like like pretty pretty old newsprint paper. And my eyes started watering as if I'd been playing a video game for too long. I was oh looking God. at just like written word and I was just blinking so much and then i came home and i started playing okami and i was like ah yeah that's right that's not i feel, I feel comfortable now i hate <laughs> like healthy i hate like going down the street to like get the newspaper or check the mailbox in the big communal mailbox and like having to shield my eyes from the sun and be like god i feel like such a loser mole man right now I don't see even that go doesn't happen anymore. to me that doesn't happen to me like i love the sunlight what happens to me is when i'm in a place when it where it's snowy and i'm like i can't look up can't look down oh that's the reflection. different that's that's yeah. a whole other <laughs> yeah but alex is straight up like a hikikomori yeah like, yeah that's the issue dungeon, like it's <laughs> yeah. so, like when, when i get to that point i'm like oh god i, I and it's like because now obviously it's such a hassle to go outside nowadays like mm-hmm. everything sucks yeah. <laughs> i sympathize with you janelle um, but Thank I hope you. you're having fun playing Animal Crossing and The Sims. Honestly, yeah. I accidentally, I made me a Nolan the other day, and I accidentally made me a teenager. So he was a fucking, like, <laughs> Oh, no. I had, I, I was like, this, something seems wrong, and I fixed it. I was like, why am I in high school? And I didn't like that, so I fixed yeah. that pretty fast. My old the Sims roommate, is funny. My old roommate was so into The Sims that she actually told me a lot about Sims lore. 
And I remember uh, just at one point, she, her just casually mentioning, like, oh, yeah, the, uh, I think they're called the Goths. There's, like, a family that's just their last name is the Goths. So, like, oh, the Goths lives next door, but it's weird, because in Sims 2, they didn't do that. And I had to turn to her and be like, wait, there's a, there's a lore? There's, like, a Sims canon? I didn't know canon. there was lore. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, about the Sims. It's not actually that fun to play. Um, like, it's fun to build stuff, but when, as soon as you're done with that, it's like, your Sims don't do a fucking thing that you say, and they're always unhappy, so you have, like, two seconds of fun playing that game can you not like toggle those off and just like I little dollhouse those like I, yep. well you can yep. but then there's, I, then I, I, I there's did do that. nothing to do at all except play with it like a dollhouse right yep like there's no there's nothing incentivizing you to yeah do but this anything is, this is so loser of me but with being inside so much and with it being the shitty weather i'm like yeah i'm gonna make E me go swimming <laughs> i want to go swimming <laughs> right now <laughs> like yeah i know we need to hurry but um no i think on. we're fine but I, we're fine. Okay. I, I want you guys to know that when I was in um, middle school, maybe either middle or high school, but I think it was middle because yeah, well, it doesn't matter. In any case, though, uh, whenever The Sims 3 was out, The Sims 3 was relatively new and my stepsister would play The Sims 3 a lot. And I really wanted it, but I didn't have a computer. So I actually rode my my bike, my old Schwinn, you know, the old, really old bike for a kid where you can pedal backwards to brake like that kind of bike oh wow i rode down to gamestop um and i don't know why i said really old bike it's just a bike for kids it's like it's old to our lives but they're not old whatever yeah. <laughs> down to gamestop and i and i picked up um sims 3 and i don't know why i did this but the guy that i made i made ryan clements he was like an ign editor oh my um, god i made ryan clements and i made him watch tv and then i, I got bored and i didn't play the game anymore but the thing is <laughs> For whatever reason, in my current life, I don't even remember, like, I don't know what Ryan Clements looks like. <laughs> I don't even know why I know who he is. I've always been a, a big fan thing. of, like, I remember when you were a kid, even when we were in high school, like, you were a big fan of, like, you always wanted to be a games journalist. You were always into IGN. That's, that's totally true. But what I'm saying is Ryan Clements is, like, not one that I remember. I, like, I remember all those people because they've gone on and done other things and I followed their careers, but, like, not him. <laughs> I, I've, I'm not even really. I'm not even really a fan of his. I don't even know why I did him as a character, but I did. One, so, so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> one thing before, unless you guys had more you wanted to say about The Sims, but no. <laughs> another thing my roommate was a big fan of was uh, this YouTuber called Little Simsy. Either of you guys heard of her? No. no. She would do like speed builds. So she, her thing, how she would play the game, was she would just like make these incredibly intricate houses by like going into the. Uh, console command and like unlocking some of the the minor like like she could decide what exactly goes on the table and what fashion and like give the houses more detail than the default game allows for and it would just be oh, her cool. building these really intricate beautiful like realistic houses or like building little towns or or villages or something that's pretty cool i think that people can do some really funny things with that game like that's pretty cool I remember, I've never actually watched this, but I remember somebody on BuzzFeed had a series where they, they had like a hundred babies challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what does I that guess, mean? I, I guess you have a hundred babies and then try to like deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think The Sims is a lot more fun when you do something like speed running, like really intricate builds or something stupid like that. That's than yeah. just like trying to play it. That's the thing, right? Like, the reason that The Sims is so infamous for people killing their Sims is not because people are sadistic when you give them those tools. It's because there's just, like, nothing to do in The Sims once you've wow. made your Sim. You're like, I can make them 
eat and drink and make them do hygiene so their meters don't fall down. But then once you're good at balancing it, it's like, well, now what do I do? I want to talk a little bit, right? Really quickly, I want to make fun of Nolan. Oh, yeah. I'm always down to make fun of Nolan. (laughs) Because I built our house in The Sims and we moved in, right? And the first thing, like, Sims Nolan does is go straight to the computer. And I was laughing at him for that because when we moved into this apartment, the very first thing he set up was his computer. And he was like, that's not like me. At all. <laughs> I would never. I would never do that. How dare they? I would they? never do that. I'm like, okay. Okay, Just dude. Showing me a picture of me, like, doing something. That's not me. <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah. We caught you uh, in 4K. I, um, I, I've been playing, like, a grab oh, bag of things. We finished Yakuza 6. Oh, we did. Yeah, we finished Yakuza 6. Yeah. So we've officially played... Janelle and I, when, when did we start doing this? Um, last February. Yeah, like a year ago. Yeah. We started playing the Yakuza mainline games in order from zero. You were actually playing zero separately mm-hmm. from me, but we, we converged on two and then have been playing the rest forwards. And now that it's been 12 months, we've successfully completed all uh, seven mainline yakuza games except for yakuza 7 which we are because zero is count zero plus one through six yeah 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 well that's awesome what do you guys think of uh yakuza 7 i don't know much about that one uh that one kind of slipped under my radar it seems like zero and now seven are kind of the darling children of these games it's true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i think that seven is incredible i think that seven uh is is inspired by a lot of things that are really popular lately and not only is the yakuza formula very appealing and i th- I, th- I think people are going to be really willing um like in this market right now to play a game that is just as as wacky and willing to be fun and silly and episodic as yakuza 7 is but also it's got a lot of the lifestyle stuff of the persona games it's got um the sort of basic structure of a dragon quest game you know all these things that come together. It's it's really like like a love letter to a lot of um different Japanese games yeah. in a way, while also being in a Yakuza package. It's really damn good. And like six was such an incredible wrap up to the story that we've been following for at that point it was like the timeline is like nineteen eighty something. Eighty eight. Eighty eight to twenty sixteen. Yeah. So like Kiryu stuff ending. <laughs> the end had me crying straight up harder than I've like ever cried. You, uh, it was I, like rough. I have not seen you cry so hard since Red Dead Redemption Two, <laughs> yeah. but I think you cried harder from Yakuza Six, and I was like, "This must have been what it was like in '97 to take a girl on a date to the Titanic." This is what, <laughs> this is what that must have been like. <laughs> Thank you. It was great, uh, and then I and then I beat um. I beat Dark Souls 3, and I, I secretly asked you guys this question just, just so I could tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very proud. Um, it was, I had to cheat on the last boss and get help from other players, but I'm not going to... Well, I guess I just told all the listeners Yeah, well, that, even but... though you're a, you're a dirty cheater, um, how did you enjoy the game, Filthy Cheater, Go to Jail? Uh, it was amazing. Filthy it was, cheater, it was a great jail. game. I never actually beat Dark Souls 1. It's my dirty secret. Um, so I've only beaten Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 in terms of like from, from soft games so far. But Bloodborne, I, I think I got for the whole like last third of the game, I went on Reddit and, and like got p- people to come help me with bosses and stuff. So I, I don't even, 
I don't feel the same pride for that game as I do with Dark Souls 3 because I actually soloed Dark Souls 3. Um, okay. And it was pretty goddamn frustrating sometimes. Like, the last boss, I, I, I don't think I would even be capable of beating that boss if I didn't call in a player and break my own rule at that point. That, that game is a lot, but, you know, whatever. Good time. Yakuza yeah. 6 was the, was the better. I mean, like, that was... Such you, you, liked Yakuza, you liked Yakuza 6 better than uh, Dark Souls 3? Well, I mean, it's like apples to oranges, right? But I'm just saying, like, I'm not comparing I them. I like apples more than oranges. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm not comparing them, but, like, Yakuza 6, I had forgotten about it. But when you brought it up, I realized that is the most important thing that I've completed lately. In your you. life. It's, it's, in your in my life. life. Your entire life, yeah. So what? We, 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 we have left Yakuza 7, Judgment, Fist of the North Star... Uh, the ones that never came out in Dead, America. Dead Souls and the two, like, Feudal Japan games. Yep. I can't believe the that they don't want to bring those over stateside, because those seem really cool. They, they seem do. really freaking cool. And I need more Kiryu. Losing Kiryu is like losing a bit of myself. Listen I'm going to get a tattoo. They basically <laughs> took all of the characters of the Yakuza games and, like, they, like, changed their names and put them in Feudal Japan. And it's like you're watching a period costume drama because a character will appear and they'll have a totally different name, but it's like the same personality and same exact face as, you know, the character, you know, Majima. So it's almost like they're acting in a play. And they just thought, oh, Americans wouldn't care about this because it's too Japanese. Do you know how many fucking weeaboos there are in this country? <laughs> they love know, right? that shit. But um, all that aside, uh, we should probably talk about some news, which I is, I believe, guess. what the audience is here for. Usually, yeah. Are Usually. They, maybe they're just here for us. Maybe. They can go on IGN if they want news. <laughs> well, let's talk about some let's news about that us. was on IGN. Um, have you guys heard of a game that was announced way back in 2009 uh, called Six Days in Fallujah? Not until I heard about the story we are about to talk about. This completely um, flew under my radar. You and I talked about this like quite a while ago, mm -hmm. but I don't really remember the context. I just remember that, so, that happened. Um, this game was announced a, a real long time ago. Like I said, I want to say announced in 2009 or 10, but it was definitely supposed to come out in 2010. Um, and it is a sort it's a video game adaptation of the very, very infamous battle in the Iraq war. Um, uh, the second battle of Fallujah, which was a urban assault, which at the time, um, I think it still is, at the time was the biggest urban assault since 1968. Uh, the previous record being held, of course, by a, a battle that occurred in Vietnam. Um, and because of the sort of, you know, the, the, the obvious controversy that would arise from that, and it was, it was a controversy from, from both sides, um, it was protested by veterans but it was also protested by anti-war groups um so it was it was rel relatively bipartisan uh the idea being like it's it's only been five or six years since this happened the war is actually still going on and some of the people that were in the battle of fallujah you know may even still be on a tour yeah. over in iraq and also I, um I some, some... something like eight or nine hundred civilians died uh, during the fighting as well so it was it the outcry caused konami to to pull out and bef before i tell the rest what were you gonna say alex oh i was just i did some research on on this when i heard about this story and it seems like the actual battle of fallujah or fallujah was 
controversial as well. Like we had, well, this was one of the first very instances much so, yeah, yeah. of, but it, they also used white phosphorus. And that was like one of the first, if not the only times that they've used this, which is like a, da- a very dangerous chemical weapon. It's like, to my understanding, it's just like, it's just this ridiculously like volatile fire that they yeah. just like so... drop the people. And, and, and it, at it, the time, even like GOP senators were like, hey, we have gone too far. Like this is this is not OK. Right. Like and most parties were in agreement like this is a horrible black mark on our history. So the context that, you know, people should know is that this game was not necessarily going to be a game that was glorifying or a game that was aimed at recruitment or whatever. It was uh, this was right on the tail of this sort of renaissance in games where people were were pushing against the idea that games needed to be made just for fun. Um, you can go back and look at the presence of things like Bioshock right around that time where games were dipping their toes into politics and commentary. And Six Days in Fallujah, by all accounts, at least according to the developers, was going to try to be more thematically complex than the initial pitch. But uh, because Konami pulled out, it never really got the chance to get made, um, and it was delayed until 2016. But the the studio that was going to make it had had already gone bankrupt, um, so it it never did get developed even before 2016. And it, as far as anyone yeah. knows, it dropped off the face of the earth. It was just kind of canceled. But um, I, out of nowhere, sorry, go ahead. Well, I I don't want to cut you off too bad, but out of nowhere might be a bit of a misnomer. Because well, some people did some some digging and figured out that this is actually being worked on by the same people who worked on the U.S. like military uh, first person shooter game. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but not not like a Call of Duty game, uh, a game that was like made and funded entirely by the U.S. military. I um. There's also been think... some discussion about, like, oh, there's been, like, CIA people that have been taking note of this. Uh, military recruiting has gone way, way down. So th- the consensus that some people have come to that this is, like, a Spec Ops Alliance situation where they want to talk about how war is hell and use this as an example might not be accurate, um, according to some some analysts out there. I do, I do want to say what... What Alex is talking about is something that has has shown up on on Twitter and has some people talking about it, and there, there's certainly some like alleged things in the uh, official reporting. Um, it it doesn't seem like like journalists are necessarily ready to like substantiate those claims, though. There there's not any official. Um, yeah, the game's not out yet. There's there's not any. Well, I'm talking about the the things you're talking about, like the ties between groups. There there's not any official evidence that it is being made in concert with the military or made for propagandistic purposes what there is evidence of is that they interviewed over 100 veterans of the battle and iraqi citizens we don't know the ratio of what to what in that situation but the developers and the people surrounding the game continue to maintain that this is a like a reflective piece not necessarily a propagandistic piece but there is also a lot of reason to be skeptical. But because the game isn't out yet, it's incredibly difficult to say what direction this goes. Um, it just seems like maybe a bad idea. And for listeners, nobody said it, 
but out of nowhere, this game is coming back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you didn't. Um, oh yeah. For a 2021 release, that's yes. the big. That's the big. It, that we kind of n- neglected to say that. Yeah, it was well, canceled I, I was, and then come back. I was back. about to say yeah. it when you started talking about the CIA stuff, but but they like a trailer came out of nowhere this this month. Uh huh. Um, this trailer that is like a mix of it 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 begins with some footage um taken from the Iraq war and then it cuts in sort of band of brothers style with interviews of a group of soldiers who fought in the battle and then sort of fades into the sort of like in-game engine footage uh and reveals that the the not the player characters per se but the people in your squad that you'll be playing through the game with are uh like 3D renders of the the real soldiers that are giving the interviews um in 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 the trailer and it it looks to be like a tactical shooter that's going to you know recreate what again was an urban assault which means lots of house clearing like you remember that controversial level in the most recent modern warfare game um where you're sort of like breaching clearing that house that was largely what the battle of fallujah was like like the u.s military didn't know you have to remember Insurgents don't wear uniforms, so they didn't know who they were fighting. So they were breaking into and clearing houses systematically, which is the reason why there were 800 yeah. plus civilian casualties. Because you you don't know if people are defending their homes or if they are fleeing out of fear or if they're fleeing out of suspicion. You, you don't know, especially after they're shot. You you don't know. And also, there was Blackwater was there, and who even knows what, what happened with them? It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously pretty uncomfortable with mm-hmm. this. Um, this isn't to say I've never played a realistic war game before because I like have, but I tend to in general be very uncomfortable with games based on real wartime events. Yeah. I um tend to find like gamifying that pretty disgusting and I also have a big issue with depicting real like recent real events in media so like a movie i think there was like going to be a movie about 9-11 um that made me yeah that Mm -hmm. makes me uncomfortable so this kind of thing is very bad in my opinion yeah Um, it's it's one thing and i'm also not a fan of this but it's one thing when you kind of abstract something that happened right like in yeah. the new Call of Duty game, it's like we're gonna go to to Vietnam, and it's just sort of like, uh, here's a here we're fighting in Vietnam. This is an actual like, this is an actual site for like real war crimes that happened this decade, less than twenty years ago, like, yeah. I, and like Nolan said, it's not out of the question that it could be dealt with like Spec Ops: The Line or a bit more responsibly and introspectively, but I don't really believe that it will be at this point yeah i i I guess what i'm trying to say is i wasn't trying to defend the game i was no i know i know i know i was just saying like um we don't know what the developer's intent is you know what what they are what angle they're going to be taking and i think that there is a, a a good track record with with art in general for using real events to reflect on the complications of them but i think where the issue arises is that this isn't a movie or a book or a piece of music. It's a video game. And if you're yeah. putting people in the boots of these soldiers, it's like you need to reckon with the fact that first person shooters inherently play into power fantasy because they have gamifications of life and death. And so you're getting 
it's a whole different thing to portray a breach and clear like say the creator of the wire did with generation kill where he shows the iraq war with all its warts with the intention of leaving you with like a political message about it versus like handing you a gun and telling you to breach and clear it's Hoorah, so much more yeah. so much more difficult to prevent people from um getting like a taste of the glory out of that you know yeah is what, um, what, what, what i think i'm gonna paraphrase but there's a line in the trailer from one of the veterans of the battle who says something along the lines of how people treated the soldiers really well and you know they got a lot of deten- attention that they felt like they deserved but nobody had portrayed the events correctly in the media something along those lines and they go on to talk about like how i don't know man i don't know all all i'm trying to say is that he goes on to talk about like how you know these people would trick us into going into the back of the houses and you can't escape like there's definitely a tone that i don't love yeah Sorry, that, that was a little nonsensical yeah. no that just... makes sense to me right because you're talking about like it's about the soldiers right like it's from their perspective and, and like you're right like in in the trailer they so the trailer begins with the with like an english you know speaking voice actor doing a clearly iraqi accent and sort of talking from their perspective but the the rest of the trailer is showing the soldiers going down these streets and talking about how precarious everything was and then it will cut to playing heroic you know borderline like recruitment music as they break into rooms and dramatically the camera fades to black before a shot goes off or whatever and it it, it does feel like they're they're going into some kind of like t- like terror gauntlet yeah mm. and there's this like there's this big thing about how like you know our cities are under the black flag of isis and like was it isis uh, then wasn't it uh, uh... Uh no not ISIS sorry Al-Qaeda? the black flag the the it black was, flag thing. it was Al Qaeda in the trailer my, yeah my brain my the no, you're good. Like a very similar flag um but regardless it's like I don't I'm not gonna go into this too much on a video game podcast and sorry for anyone I offend but frankly um a lot of the events of groups in the Middle East although inexcusable are the direct response of things that America did to their cities yeah 100 percent. and so to have a video game partially made by the people on the american side of that war makes me really uncomfortable because if if they're saying quote video games can help all of us understand real world events in a way other media can't that's that's purely going to be from one side of that and i'm not saying that al-qaeda needs a huge voice in the room but i don't necessarily think that the other side of it who is perpetuating war crimes needs a voice in it either my understanding is a lot of the the incidents in Fallujah were civilians like Nolan was saying it was it was a lot of breaching and clearing so yeah and and not not like not like the majority of the incidents but enough that this is a a a much more complicated event than just like what are you gonna do are you are you gonna are you gonna put the are you gonna mix the combatants in the level in with military age male civilians and get have the player in charge of deciding who's who even if even if you do you're still gamifying the process of being judge jury and executioner on yeah a native person of a foreign country this is there's no there's really no way out of the fact that events this complicated need to be reflected in art 
I would love to see a a, a film or a, a mini series about the Battle of Fallujah, maybe that goes into the complexities of it, or a documentary series. But I yeah, right sure. now, well, same thing. Less right? than we fifteen years later, right? Right. But I'm I don't I'm not even talking about the faith for a person to do it right. I'm talking about the medium. The medium is the message in a lot of cases, and in my opinion, a video game just ain't the medium for this. Yeah, it just totally, isn't. Totally. Yeah. If you want to make a movie about 9-11, almost 20, you know, 20 years later, I think that you potentially could do something interesting with that. I think United 93 is a good movie, you know, and that came out in 2003 or whatever. But if you made a game that was like Disaster Report, where you're trying to escape the building or something, yeah. I would say you shouldn't do that. It's just not the right medium for it. Totally. That being said... I'm willing to be surprised by this game. Maybe it comes out and causes uh, interesting conversation about U.S. military intervention. Maybe it comes out and causes a surge in recruitment. It's there's no way to know. And I, yeah. but I'm not gonna be uh, holding my breath expecting something great. I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my ear to the <laughs> ground. I'll keep my ear to the ground. <laughs> you know. But I, I, it's same idea. I, I, I don't yeah. know. I would be shocked if they ended up doing something interesting and poignant with this instead of it just being. American exceptionalism and nationalism to the max. And it is it is very important to remember what what Alex said. Yes, I said there is no evidence necessarily that this game is tied to or funded by the military. There's not you know, we don't know that, but it is worth thinking about even if that isn't the case. Recruitment numbers are down right now. We're we're years and years into the forever war. People are generally turning against involvement even on the right and then out of nowhere this game that's been dead for 10 years is is getting funded now i don't know if they're funding it themselves it's a bad time to do it if they're not who is yeah is what i'm what i'm saying it's either way probably a bad choice (laughs) well we have more news we We have one more news news. Mm -hmm. very slow week someone Give us the news, Alex. So, uh, Riot Games, the people who made Valorant and League of Legends, have been under fire for the last couple months. I think we talked about this several episodes ago, but there was a lawsuit that was filed uh, because of gender discrimination, right? And the the consensus was that Riot Games is is kind of a kind of a a very broy organization to work for and a lot of the women who worked in there uh were being harassed and felt uncomfortable and it was set it was settled recently either in or out of court but uh right now uh riot games has decided to have an independent investigation against the ceo of riot games who is uh nicolo laurent hopefully i'm pronouncing that right um to, to figure out more about this one employee. Um, where is her name? Or she probably doesn't say her name, I suppose. Um, about what they assume, uh, the, what they consider to be a wrongful termination. Uh, uh, her, name is, discrimination. Uh, her name is Sharon O'Donnell. And she was, uh, uh, thank you. She was formerly an executive assistant to yeah. the CEO. Um, but there's an investigation going on uh, uh, over this. And this is interesting because I actually know someone who works for Riot and who for a long time was wanting to quit, but was not, didn't really feel like they were in the right position to quit. And especially now they are not going to quit. But what I have heard from them directly and also from secondhand 
uh, stories is that it really sincerely did feel like a frat house sometimes of just a bunch of a bunch of bros hanging out and doing doing bro stuff and at the expense of women and other people who were working there uh which doesn't sound like a great way to run your massive massive multinational company um yeah so hopefully this this inspires some changes and we we get some sort of resolution about this but i don't know because it sounds to me like this is just part of the company's culture I guess um, I'm just a little jaded about the story because I feel like we're reporting on something like this every like three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like I don't have anything new to say about it other than like the obvious, right? Like. Yeah. We actually reported on this exact, an earlier form of this exact story. I don't really know when, but since you have joined the show I think that was yeah. like in the summer you have probably already talked about this on the show yeah probably <laughs> but this it's is just, just sort of a, a follow-up on that so totally and it, it's just like it's video games are still very much a boys club whether or not people are willing to mm-hmm. admit that or not mm-hmm. um so is this surprising no but like so many other things that like how do i frame this so it just like so many other things that aren't surprising, it is still surprising whenever this <laughs> happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it fucking sucks. So also, I think I think Alex meant earlier that his friend isn't going to quit because of the coronavirus. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I, I hopefully I made that clear. <laughs> He's no, he loves it. He doesn't want to quit because <laughs> I, I was worried someone would misinterpret yeah. the phrasing. And He's like, boys club. I'm a boy. I'm yeah, a, I'm in. I love yeah. clubs. <laughs> Um, they got free. They got micro brews in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> One of the I, I don't they... know him super well, but every time I've met him and spoken to him, he's more of a friend of a friend. Every time I've met him and spoken to him, he just seemed like a really nice, decent guy. What were um, you going to say though, Neil? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention some specific aspects of the lawsuit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please do. Um, it mentions in the Polygon article that he had invited her to travel with him and work from his home, pointedly mentioning that his wife would not be there, and. He asked her if she could, quote, handle him when they were alone at the, his house. Mm, um, that's uh, not good. So, so this kind of stuff, I'm not saying one of these things is better than the other, obviously, but, it, but it's not even just a matter of, like, shitty men being shitty at work. It's also pointed, direct sexual harassment. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, she also says that she worked unpaid additional hours. Um, and and also, of course, you know, the implication of the whole thing is that when she reported the uh, incident of what he said to her to human resources was was, you know, shortly after she was she was fired. Yeah. So I think that was the whole thing. Whether or not we know the specifics about company culture, I think that the fan base of a company reflects a lot on them and. The Riot Games notoriously has a pretty rough fan base as far as like League of Legends goes. So it's just it's unsurprising when you see a shitty fan base not ever get called out by the company that they're standing or whatever, and you find out that they are also pretty bad. Do they? I'm I'm curious. I know that Riot is is pretty strict about banning people uh, within League for things they say in game chat, but have they? I assume the answer is probably yes, but does anyone know if they have come out and made a statement like about the state of the community in the past? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not like 
into that community. I'm so, not either, no. So I couldn't comment on that. I don't think I know anyone who is. I am no longer friends with anyone who is. Not because <laughs> of that, just coincidentally. Well, you had a friend who was really into League, but didn't they quit because they said it was like an addiction? Like they had to stop playing? Yeah, one of, one of our friends just like can't go near that game he's mm-hmm. very or like computer games in general anymore it's kind of sad really Damn. yeah yeah well but league in particular though i think i remember league being on the you know not quite the first but on the forefront of that wave of free-to-play games that just just like artfully mastered the psychological tricks of oh, yeah. Keeping you, oh yeah keeping you invested um I, I i think i played it once i didn't get far enough for those tricks to work because i didn't I didn't know how to play. If I knew how to play, maybe I would have gotten addicted. I'm so bad at MOBAs. I'm I've so never, terrible yeah, at them. I'm with you. I've never liked MOBAs. I used to want to play MOBAs. I thought this is the concept is so cool. I, I would love... I had everything set up for me to like playing them, including a whole friend group that was getting annoying about telling me to play with them. Uh, they were <laughs> inviting me so much, and I still... This was specifically like when couldn't... Dota was in beta, right? And they were like... Dota like, 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I still couldn't... I played the tutorial and I was like, am I winning? <laughs> am I doing yeah. anything right? I like Heroes of the Storm, or at least I did a few years ago a little bit, but that's only because I like Blizzard characters a lot. Um, it's so much about that, right? Yep. That's the problem with Dota. It's like people go, oh, don't worry. Once you memorize all 180 champions, <laughs> you'll you'll understand how to counter their, their basic attack. And it's like, I... so, you, so you don't even get to play until you study? <laughs> yeah basically there, there's no casual there's no casual mode for those games i feel like listener if you like league i uh give me a primer i like i want <laughs> like i'm really curious because the game's meta is really interesting well, to I, me. I just don't understand here I'll, I'll help you okay all you need to know is that there's an e-girl who they created Seraphine. to make gamers <laughs> play their game but they but they made Seraphine after League would have been popular for yeah. like nine years. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> the e-girl is, is completely unrelated to getting people to play their game. They're already there, playing the game. Wasn't there I, other e-girls, though? Yeah. Yeah? I don't like this company. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Riot. One bit. Yeah, that's uh, more than understandable. Hmm. I'm gonna... They have like two games. Come on. Make more games. No, don't make more games. Stop <laughs> make, making games. Make well, now they can legally call themselves Riot Games. Because yeah. for literally like 10 years, they only ever had one game. Oh, they were still Riot Games, though. Right, but they shouldn't have been. They should have been Riot Game. Uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. Because if you make a studio... You don't make your st- <laughs> you don't make your studio like, That's like saying Kojima currently in the Hang process on. of production. Hang on. <laughs> That's like saying <laughs> That's like saying I don't like World of Warcraft so they can't call it Blizzard Entertainment because I'm not entertained. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like saying Sony Japan Studios. It's like pointing out Sony Japan Studios is usually only making one game at a time, so they should be called Sony Japan Studio. They have multiple <laughs> studios, though, right? But uh, oh man, Riot Games that you there's they, they don't even you can't even riot in those games. I know, right? I think they should be called MOBA games. Well, there there are mobs. There are okay, mobs. Everyone knows mob stands for mama or. <laughs> Mama. Baby action. 
yeah. Is it that, that, Mama that one or baby action? Sh- that one shitty Unity game where you're like a baby trying to like do do bad things around the house while your parents are. Oh, looking. that game rules. That game's awesome. What's that called? I don't remember. Where you have to like steal the fork and jab it into the outlet. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and listener, we're not making a big joke out of this because like this isn't a serious topic. I think we're all just a little bit fed up with having to talk about this because <laughs> it fucking sucks. It's just so fucking stupid because it's 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 riot. And it's Ubisoft, and it's, you know... Tomorrow it's Kojima. The, no! <laughs> never say it to me! I'm sorry. There is she's she's going to will it into existence. You know she will. There's this one picture, and it, 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 it isn't a scandal. It's just funny. You guys seen that picture? Of, oh, I know um, what you're talking about. I know what you're talking at about. Yeah. A, I don't. At a meet and greet, there's a picture of a kid holding a copy of, I think, like, MGS4. And he's, like, 12. And he's, like, meeting Kojima, and he's looking up at Kojima with these huge like eyes of admiration like he's meeting his hero at this event and kojima is looking straight over the kid's head looking into the eyes of his mom oh, with this yeah. like flirtatious grin <laughs> i i just love that picture it's an amazing it's, picture. it's it's like a renaissance painting <laughs> but um you know that's the news that was it that was that was it it really was i didn't lie when i said it was a slow news week yeah uh we were gonna talk about uh, a, a a brand new video game but the snow there's a lot of snow when we're recording this because the date is uh february 13th so the 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 new video game we were going to talk about has not arrived because of the snow apocalypse so snow for you we didn't get snow yeah we you didn't, didn't get, get snow, snow at all Eugene. that's nope. right yeah but i think it i think i moved to eugene when i was 17 and i'm gonna be 25 next month <laughs> That's so that's so bad. Um, and I think that the entire time I have lived here, we have had one ice storm, one big snow, one small snow. That's so. that's it's true with Portland too. Like we don't get a whole lot of snow. That big snow though was so big. That was a big, a big snow. snow. Listener, you remember the week of snow? That was when it was incredible. That fucking no, none of that was good. I had I was flying back from my my amazing trip in new york city and my fucking plane was super delayed because of snow and then my train was canceled and then i had to take some shitty bus back to eugene but it wouldn't make it to the station because of all the fucking snow so i finally get home and it was awful and i fell a bunch in puddles and i wake up the next morning with the worst like flu of my life and i didn't even get to enjoy a moment of the snow and i and i was I had to walk across the street to get groceries because there was no food in my house, and I was sick, and I fell again in the snow, and I fucking hated that week. That's my. <laughs> you sound like rant. a snow hater. I love the snow. I think that's snow um, rules. Last year, right before the pandemic started, we went on a trip to the Japanese gardens in Portland for my birthday, mm-hmm. and it started snowing harder than I've ever experienced in my life. It was incredible. Amazing. It was wonderful. It was so beautiful because, yeah. like it, it. It still works in snow covering. It's crazy it's so that good. nature still works in snow. No, Isn't like the gardens, because all of a lot of the exhibits are like covered up by snow. Is what I'm saying, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like you're losing part of the aesthetic. It it it, it adds to it because different things are accentuated. And yeah. the only problem was the ice made it so we couldn't go onto some of the places closer to the water. Yeah, but we should make a video game about that, where you just walk around a garden. Look at things. I would fucking kill someone for that. But the Department of Defense wouldn't fund that. <laughs> what if they did? We should. What if you got the deal to fund like a Zen Garden game? We should start a new game <laughs> for the end of the episodes where we talk about our favorite games funded by the DoD. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll start. 
Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a game. Iron Man VR. (laughs) Batman Arkham Asylum. Black Mesa. Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, we're not gonna wait. I just want to say, oh, no. I didn't, I didn't click on it. I didn't click on it in any way, but I absolutely saw an article headlined "The Late Keynesian Economics of Tom Nook." <laughs> and I, and I really, I want someone to go read that for me. <laughs> I want to know what's in there. You should link that in the group chat because I genuinely <laughs> want to read that. That's hysterical. It was it was either called that or like the the late laissez faire capitalism of Tom Nook or something. It was one of the two. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing basically. Um, or maybe they're not. I don't know. I ain't no business major. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's the Emerald Games Cast episode fifty four. Uh, if you want to. Send us something on Twitter. You can do that at ODE Gamescast on Twitter. There's also a poll, a Google Forms poll or Google Forms something on there where you can send in a question. Uh, and we got an email too, emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. And we get few enough of those that if you send us something to talk about, we'll talk about it. You'll, you'll be famous. And Hundreds of, a hundred of people will listen to you. A hundred of people. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. You can hear it from me. I'm Nolan. And also with me as always is. Who's going to play Nintendogs for Valentine's Day. Mwah, puppies. Really? No, I don't have that game. I really want it though. I was going to say. I keep looking out for the Golden Retriever edition and I can't find it anywhere. It's almost like you just like fed me your, your, your list. Like, please buy this gift. Please buy me Nintendogs. <laughs> Nintendogs. And uh, also, of course, as always with me has been. I'm uh, a rare copy of the Golden Retriever Nintendogs game for DS. I'm not giving Alex to my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. That's <laughs> terrible. Well, no, I'm just a, I'm just a DS game. It's fine. Oh, okay. We actually bought. What's the last DS game you bought? It was the Hello Kitty game. Fuck Remember? off! I don't want to. You don't want to listen to no. Wait, what? Yeah, talk about it. Talk about it. You talk about it. You talk about it. Talk the, about sh- it. the show is we... over. We don't need to talk about anything if we don't want. It, it'll take one minute. The listener needs to know. We went to video game headquarters. That's actually called that. It's a story machine. It's good. And they had a Hello Kitty game. And I thought, that's really funny for like two fifty. And um, I thought, that's really funny to play for a night and laugh at. And I also know that Janelle likes Hello Kitty. And she saw it and was like, oh, so cute. So we got that Hello Kitty game. And then when she put it in to play it, she was like super disappointed. And I was like, wait, didn't, wasn't this like a joke buy? Like, wasn't this like we were just gonna have fun playing like Hello Kitty shovelware? And Janelle was like, when I looked at the back of the case and it said that you could like go shopping and cook, I expected more like Animal Crossing type life sam or something. <laughs> I'm so let down. There are a couple games. And I was like, like oh no. <laughs> I I was so let down, and Nolan just like laughed at me. Oh, there is an Animal so Crossing game. Like I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think there the is, game girls played it or something. That exists. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello Kitty, but Animal Crossing is real. It's just not the one that we bought. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, send me that for my <laughs> Send her that. Okay, okay, we will see you next week for episode 55, the first episode since episode 44. That is a... Uh, <laughs> that is two word? numbers. It's a palindrome. See you next week.